in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Top Ten. I am John Roca. And I am Matt Nost. We're here to bring you another week of movie discussion here on the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, this week we're doing our most anticipated of the rest of the year. I think it's because we were both so uh, pleased with Top Gun Maverick that it got us excited about what's coming out for the rest of the year. Yeah. And uh, I don't think either of us is really all that jazzed about uh, the new Jurassic uh, World. So. <laughs> Yeah, don't be surprised if it doesn't make my list. I'll just put that out there now. Uh, but yeah, so we were looking at, well, what's, what's remaining in the last six months of the year that, uh, we are looking forward to. And so we thought we'd put it together. And usually we do these lists like at the beginning of the year and then at the beginning of the summer and we kind of split the atom on this, but we just kind of decided it was the right time to do it here in June as we're knee deep in the heat uh, of the summer here, at least on the West coast. Uh, so yeah, yeah, cool stuff uh, that we're going to get into. How are you, man? Uh, I'm good. Yeah, we normally do it the, you know, sometime like in January or at the start of summer. Uh, but in January, yeah. we didn't know if the release schedules were going to hold again. True. Um, so it didn't really seem like the right time. And, uh, now that it looks like everything's going to be fixed in their spot, fingers crossed, uh, <laughs> we're going to, you know, look forward there. But, uh, uh, I'm good, man. No complaints. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, didn't want to get out of bed this morning, but. Well, one of those days. Yeah. yeah. It just, the, it felt so good. <laughs> and my alarm went off and I was like, not, I don't want to, but oh well, what are you going to do? It's true. It's true. Yeah. And tomorrow I got to be up super early. So it's just like, ah, this wasn't even, damn it. <laughs> you oh, should have well. slept in. You should have slept in. Uh, yeah, yeah, but I had shit to do. Right. So as is the requirements of life. I understand for sure. Um, and a big hello to everybody who's joining us live. You know, the $10 and above patrons, you get to hang out with us on every second and third, uh, fourth Thursday of every month live. Uh, unfortunately we had to kind of switch things around yesterday, last week because of my, uh, my mess up there on the Star Wars celebration, but we're live now to hang out with everybody. And I think, are we doing shout outs today? Are we doing shout outs later on today or is that? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yes, we uh, are. Yeah, and I'll, we'll do that at the end of the of the show as well. But uh, hello to Dale Varley, James Petty. Dale Varley coming in and said, listen to Dropping Dimes yesterday, so I know Nost's prediction. Going to need Roka's prediction for the finals. Let's go Celtics. Oof. Ah, uh, It's tough right now, to be honest with you, because I don't know what we've got. I don't know if these guys have been bumping up on the ceiling for so long that they're ready and hungry to be in the finals. And because I like the talent on the Celtics and the smothering defense and too many people are crowing about the Warriors as if they overcame these giants in the Western Conference playoffs when they didn't. Uh, John Morant was injured. Uh, you know, Lucas, Lucas, a one man gang. And so I don't think they've proven themselves yet against a fully complete team in a series. So I'm looking forward to seeing what the Celtics do. And I do give a slight edge to the Celtics. A lot of people say Warriors in six. I think the Celtics in seven. I just have a feeling that defense is going to piss off Clay. It's going to piss off Curry. They're going to fuck with Draymond mentally. 
And I think in some way they're going to unsettle the Warriors. Um, and they're just like the Patriots. They, they're real cool when they're smooth and they're flowing. But once you punch them in the mouth and get into that backfield, uh, they start to make mistakes. So I just have a feeling the Celtics, after overcoming the tough contest of the Heat, are ready to come in and do some damage here on these Warriors. I just have a weird feeling about it. That's all. I mean, the Warriors could smoke them for all I know, but I just have a feeling these kids, these guys are due. Quite possibly. <laughs> I don't know. I, I slightly favor the Warriors just because if the Celtics have any kind of health issue, they have, they don't have the depth the Warriors do. That's a fair point. Yeah. So as we if, saw in the Miami Heat series. Yeah. yeah if, if Robert Williams or Marcus Smart has any kind of lingering issue, suddenly you're playing heavy minutes yeah. of Peyton Pritchard, Aaron Neesmith, Daniel Tice on top of, you know, your, your regular guys. And I yeah. just think that could be a recipe for disaster, but I, I don't know. If it goes seven, you got to favor the Celtics just because they've won on the road consistently. Yeah. yeah. But the Warriors haven't lost at home and the Celtics don't really seem to have a problem losing at home. Yeah. So that could spell disaster for the Celtics. I don't know. I wouldn't be shocked if either team won. This isn't like one of those years where it's clearly this team's to lose right, type right. of situation. So, uh, yeah, and all the advanced metrics and analytics favor the Celtics quite heavily. Mm. Wow. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like uh, the, all the various websites that have their LeBron rating or Raptor rating or whatever the case is, they all favor the Celtics and some of them dramatically. Wow. Uh, okay. So yeah, I, I, I don't know. It, it should be interesting. Celtics do have an excellent defense. Yeah. And uh, they have the number one defense in the, uh, the playoffs thus far. Um, yeah, I heard really gone up against, sorry, go ahead, man. Sorry. I was going to say they haven't gone up against a real offensive juggernaut. So yeah, that could be point. influencing their defensive rating. True. Uh, true. But at the same time, the Golden State hasn't really faced anybody. Uh, amazing on defense, uh, either, and they have the best offensive rating. Be like, well, that kind of skews your yeah. <laughs> numbers as well. So I, it's tough to make because when you get into the actual stats, yeah. they're dead even in so many different things that I don't know. It's going to be a fun game. It's going to be a fun game. Um, and I read some, or sorry, series rather, and I read, uh, that there's Kerr is 21 and two in playoff series, which is insane. Um, clearly that's because of having that team, you know, kind of in place there when he took over from Mark Jackson, made some tweaks and got them to the promised land. They've consistently been bringing them to the promised land. So, um, and I think the only two are losses in the finals. So that tells you volumes about how great this team is. You know, they lost to the Raptors yeah. and the Heat. Oh, but yeah, the Heat. So that's incredible stuff there from them. So to we'll the see. Cavs. Oh, sorry. The Cavs. Right. That's right. That's right. Back. Hey, another LeBron team. I mean, it's yeah. easy to, to mix them up. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I was reading that son of a bitch is a billionaire. Forbes has uh, designated him yeah. for billionaire status. That's insane. Jordan ain't even a billionaire, I don't think, is he? Yeah, Jordan's a billionaire. Is he? Okay, all right. Uh, I mean, he's got ownership of an NBA team. Well, he, I guess he's yeah, a billionaire. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's and true. now he's a he owns a racing team, and he's got all his money from Jordan Brand and yeah. Whatever other ventures he's got. Jordan's definitely. I think it's LeBron's the first active player to be a billionaire. Wow. I believe that's what it is. Imagine that playing a billionaire on the court. That's kind of weird. You would think at this point, he just tell the Lakers, listen, I'll take a dollar. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, seriously, you should waive your salary for that. And if we want to win championships and I want to solidify my legacy, I'll take a dollar. Yeah, I feel like you can do that. Like, waive your salary. 
Uh, or maybe the, but maybe the NBA PA would have an issue with that. You know, he'd like, have to take vet minimum. Okay, the, take the vet minimum. Sure. And then you can make up that money through sponsorships or other things. Hundred so, percent. You're a billionaire at this yeah. point. So, but uh, it's easy to say that, you know, when it's not our thirty million dollars to lose. <laughs> <laughs> so, dude, you don't need it. Wow. How much more do you need to make, man? I mean, there is like, what, what could you buy with that that you can't buy already? That's true. That's true. Yeah. So. He, he's got so many investments here. Um, which is, he's, you know, he's got the beats by Dre. He sold that to Apple in 2014. Yeah, shares Blaze Pizza. Blaze Pizza, Beach Body. Um, part of FSG who own Liverpool, which has always been a nice yeah. thing. Um, and the Red Sox. Um, and he has $80 million in real estate holdings, including a $10 million mansion in Akron, Ohio, and two homes in LA, which he paid almost $60 million for. Well, that $10 million home in Akron more than likely is a wash. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, unless the real estate picks up around it. Right. right. You never know, but it could be a situation like MC Hammer that built that massive mansion in Oakland overlooking on the hill overlooking his old neighborhood. And then couldn't sell it for a fraction of what it was just because the neighborhood doesn't justify yeah. homes of that expense. Yeah. So there were no buyers. Um, yeah, no you one. never know though. Maybe there are in Akron. I, I don't have the slightest clue. No one wants a house looking over that neighborhood in Oakland for the price. Not at that price point. Wanted. Yeah. <laughs> Not at that, just some obscene amount of money. Uh, yeah, they've got the, and he's produced that new film that's out. On the coming out on Netflix in a, cu- a few days, um, Hustle, the Adam Sandler one, which looks really interesting. It's getting nice reviews. I actually saw some nice reviews for it. So Snyder liked it. So I'm going to hopefully get to take a look at it this weekend if I can, because I want to see that one. I've been yeah, watching basketball movies are just iffy. Yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do. They, I think, could you argue that they have the best track record of sports specific movies? Like do boxing, are boxing movies is it the quality or quantity? Because, I mean, you could argue Raging Bull. Well, Raging know. Bull, Cinderella Man, technically, if you want to count Warrior in that The Rocky mix. films. The Rocky films. Yeah, Rocky, Ali. Mm, well, Ali, I don't. Yeah, I know, but a lot of people do. Yeah, fair. Um, yeah, even Digstown. Sure. Great. I love Digstown. Yeah, interesting. I guess boxing would be the number one. There aren't that many good football movies. And there are even less good soccer movies. Um, so I think basketball and boxing are maybe the top sports. There's only like one good hockey, what, two good hockey movies, Miracle and Slapshot? Unless you all like Youngblood or some shit. Or, and Cutting Edge doesn't count because that's Yeah, and I, I didn't grow up on Mighty Ducks. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's not so, my jam at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if I was 10 years younger or whatever, I'm sure, sure. I would love it just as much as uh, a generation younger. I mean, yeah. baseball movies too have a higher hit percentage. Oh, baseball movies. Right. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. Major league, Bull Durham. Yeah. Eight men out. Eight men out. Yeah. 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 Even some of the older ones, like the one Anthony Perkins did where the guy was suffering from panic attacks as a pitcher based on true story. Mm. Um, yeah, there are quite a number of baseball movies. You're right. Yeah. Pride of the Yankees, the Lou Gehrig film. Yeah. All right, man. All right. Fine. Those are yeah. the three. Whereas basketball, it's like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's like really tough. White men can't jump, and then it becomes yeah, blue chips. But I think you really oh. got to love college basketball to like blue chips. <laughs> and Nolte's over the top performance. <laughs> yeah, and you need to know the backstory of Bob Knight. Yes, to understand that, and the Larry Bird knockoff guy, <laughs> and uh it's 
it's got its moments, but I can't, yeah. you know, vouch for it. No. Fish that say Pittsburgh. Sure. Oof. Some people might claim, what's, what's, oh, lo- love and basketball, which is a good one from the 1990s. He got game. Yes. He got game is good, but there's not much basketball in it. No, it's more about the father son dynamic, but there are yeah. moments and certainly it ends with a basketball game between him and his son. Um, yeah. Yeah. Basketball. So not that, I guess not that many, huh? Wow. Yeah. So that's hence the, uh, I'll right. wait and see on this. Okay. I'm just looking because I was like, yeah, no. Oh, I thought the way back was good. The Ben Affleck one. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. Coach Carter. I'm not the biggest. It's, it's good. It's all right. Yeah. 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 Once again, if I was younger and having, you know, watched it, I'm sure I would love that much more. I mean, we did a list like this years ago. Mm-hmm. I remember hoop dreams could qualify. Uh, yeah. But not, not in the sense that we're talking about right now. <laughs> Uncle Drew. I liked Uncle Drew. I know you weren't the biggest man. I liked Uncle Drew. Uh, I haven't seen it. What? Oh, I thought you had seen it. Didn't like it. Oh, my bad. Uh, okay. I haven't seen it. You talk, you put it on all your lists. Just. Yep. Uh, By the way, someone reached out on Twitter and said, you know what? I actually compiled a list. Oh, uh, let's have it. Uh, they, I believe it was behind enemy lines has made like two. 20 is what you mean. No, no, you're adding a zero too. And that's fine. Mate. Something like that. So my assessment of it was accurate and yours was. You only bring it up when you're right. You only bring it up when. when That was the only example I believe I, that he uh, quoted. So fair enough. Some independent, I'll have to hire independent people to go take a look at this. Uncut gems. That's one that qualifies, I guess. Finding Forrester. Uh, Uncut gems. What qualifies because it's got a character who played basketball. I mean, in the movies, obviously he's playing Kevin Durant or Kevin Garnett at that time. But yeah, yeah, true, true. It's not true. a basketball movie. Fair enough. Teen Wolf is that a basketball movie? I mean, sure, but that, I mean that's what we're doing at this point. We're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, they played basketball in that movie. Like, does <laughs> they that watch count? The game. Does basketball count because they start playing base basketball and then switch it? Well, I hate that movie. That's not my jam. Uh, there's some <laughs> great moments in that movie. If you say so. There are. It, there's a lot of fluff and bullshit to get through. Yeah. But it's got a few scenes that I think are really good. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, let's see here. So, yeah. So we're going to count it down here. Our top 10, uh, most anticipated movies. Anything more you want to talk about before we get into it, man? Anything else you want to bring up? Top no, no. Good to go. All right. Uh, all right. Well, uh, the way the show works, uh, Matt and I come up with a list or a patron suggests a list there. If you're a boss hog patron, you get to suggest a topic every month. Uh, we go off on our own, create our list, come back, uh, countdown, uh, or Matt counts down his first three from 10 to seven. Uh, then I follow suit. Then he does, uh, oh, sorry, 10 to eight. Then he does seven and six. I do seven and six. We take a quick break. Then we go, then we trade one a piece until we get to our number ones and then put the list together. So Matt, what do you got? Um, so there's, I think like 12, 13, maybe 14 movies that I'm definitely interested in seeing. Okay. There's a whole bunch of others where it's just like, I'll wait till the reviews on this. Okay. Um, and somewhere I know I'm not going to see it in theaters, but I will see it once it starts streaming. So I didn't include those. Okay. Fair enough. It's the ones that I'm going to try and be proactive and go out to see in a theater. Right. Uh, and that was my game plan. So it, uh, 10 
there's like a, a log jam of a few movies that I was like, okay, which one do I include? But I, I'm just going to go ahead and say uh, Black Adam and get ready for the words punt. That's your number 10? Yeah, that's a massive punt. A massive punt. Uh, yeah, that's uh, my number 10. All right. What's your nine? Uh, my number nine is uh, the new Ron Howard, 13 Lives. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Take it. It's about the kids that got stuck in the cave system mm-hmm, mm-hmm. down in Thailand. Um, but the cast, I mean, you got Ron Howard helming with uh, Joel Edgerton, Colin Farrell, Viggo Mortensen, and then there's a few more names down the list. But you you okay. look at that and you're like, well, all three of those guys are excellent. Yeah. And they almost always pick interesting and great projects. Yeah. So if you can get all three to sign on, because you know it's going to be varying, like they're probably going to be juggling around between all the the people in the cave, the coordinators outside of, various rescue functions. So it it could be a uh, uh, a deep water horizon type of. Oh yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. So you've got a whole bunch of very interesting actors telling this really big story. Um, and I, I, I remember everything as it was going down, mm-hmm. um, in the real time of this. I'm curious as to whether or not they make an Elon Musk character. Ooh. Well, he offered to like, uh, uh, what was it? Send in some sort of submersible or something that, yeah, uh, yeah. that SpaceX had or Tesla had. I'm not sure which of the companies had it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that became an ancillary like storyline to the overall we're trying to get these kids out type of things but there was numerous like you know foreign governments offering aid whatnot and um the local government saying we can do this and whatnot pull themselves up by their bootstraps and actually getting it done so the story itself has a lot of layers and my anticipation is the deep water horizon type of thing where it's a big event and then we just have all these we're bouncing around and given the quality of actors attached to it or actually not attached to whatever already shot mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh it's like all right ron you got me <laughs> i'm in i'm interested right. you know, i'm not it's not the height of interest it's at number nine right but if the buzz is remotely good about it i will go see this just because yeah. I've, I've learned my lesson from that like deep water or only the brave mm. or a few others where it's just like yeah these can be excellent movies and it'd be good to show them some love. Although I think with, uh, although Peter Berg did deep water. Yeah, he did. Um, deep Horizon. Yeah. I think with Ron Howard's name and then the actors mm-hmm. that got attached might be able to do something at the box office, but, um, yeah. so long as it appears to be remotely good, I will try and help. I'd like to see more of these movies made. So, yeah. Well, yeah, I saw the documentary on it, which I thought was fantastic. I think it was nominated for a, um, uh, documentary Oscar and it was great. So to have Ron Howard tackling this makes so much sense. You know, I got to see him at Star Wars celebration. It was nice to see him there and he's still as, you know, energetic as ever, uh, doing his thing. So it's, he seems almost ageless at this point. This mm. in this, I don't know, since the 1990s or early 2000s, he is in this place and he seems to be the same every time I see him. So. Um, seems to have the energy to direct something of this, which is pretty grueling and uh, an inspiring story, but also a brutal story and, uh, and you know, a, um, at times sad story. So uh, it's going to be cool to see what he does. And I agree with you. If it's a, if it's got good reviews, I'm absolutely going to go see it. You know, because he can he can direct the hell out of these films sometimes when he really mm-hmm. does in like this, especially a subject matter like this. So yeah, it's a good cast. So yeah, I'm down. Um, I think we'll get to a point where it's 
Bryce Dallas directing something, and then she puts like Clint and Ron in it. <laughs> yeah, it's certainly possible. I mean, Ron did the voiceover for the entire series of Arrested Development, so it isn't like he doesn't want to act. Yeah, I mean, he think he just sends, you know, he even showed up at a Jamie Foxx music video. So I think he just wants, I think he's just more focused on the directing thing. But I think a hundred percent he would totally do um, a role in his daughter's film if we get to that point. And she's building towards that point for sure. Yeah, I think so. It looks like it. Yeah. Um, all right. So what's your number eight? Uh, my eight is, uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Oh, nice. Go ahead, man. There's two Pinocchio projects coming out this year. There is, which is utterly ridiculous. (laughs) The Zemeckis, do you have that on your list? I do not have Zemeckis' on my list, no, because that's going to come out on Disney Plus. So I tried to limit the streaming ones. I tried. Okay. Unfortunately, with A, I haven't seen any of the Disney live actions, but B, because Lion King was such a massive success and it was shot for shot. It was. My fear is, well, are they just going to do that now going forward since that that is a massive formula for them? Right. So they're just going to do a shot for shot of Pinocchio. Well, I've seen it and I can just go watch the animated, whereas at least Del Toro's is a different spin on it. It, Mm -hmm. You know, uh, Jiminy Cricket lives inside of Pinocchio. Yeah. That's Ewan McGregor's uh, character. So he's basically recanting, not recanting, but recalling the tale of everything that he saw. But you've got Del Toro and Ewan McGregor. Kate Blanchett, Tim Blake Nelson, Christoph Watts, Ron Perlman, uh, Finn Wolfhard. It's like, okay, you've got an excellent cast. Yeah. yeah. And the inventive world of Del Toro, I think, mixed with the stop motion, should tie in, you know, very nicely. We saw flashes of it in Hellboy 2. Yeah, yeah. Um, So to expand upon that and make a full length, that one seems the more intriguing Mm -hmm. to me of the two Pinocchio projects this year, which... Still can't believe that's happening. Um, so yeah, once, once I saw this was announced, like, all right, this is intriguing. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I'm engaged, Del Toro. You got me. Right. I, I hope this is a, a good, obviously, since I put it on my list, but, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to this and I would probably more than likely go see this in the theater. Yeah. You know, I think this is one of those ones I put under, like you have the, you know, let me wait on the reviews. And if the reviews are good, then I'll go see it. Because I mean, Del Toro is hit or miss. It really is. I know people go crazy, but like, I, I think he's hit or miss overall. And even within the hits, there are some misses within those movies that are a little like, okay, I, I guess I'll have to accept this and going forward. Whereas with Quaron and Ineritu, I don't sense that at all in their movies. I think they're very incredibly well-directed films. I just think with Del Toro, sometimes the story or his, um, how can I say this? His, uh, distraction to go into fantastical at times can, um, undercut what he's trying to do overall with the film. Um, but he's, you know, he's an incredible director, incredibly nice gentleman as well. And so, uh, I say that, but I also know that that's how I feel when I go see his movie. So I never am like, oh yeah, Guillermo Del Toro. I'm almost like, okay, cool. I hope it's a good one. And then wait for the reviews or go see it for a screening or something. But that's how I approach it. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, cause he's going to go into horror. So what kind of weird horror is he going to throw into Pinocchio? Will it undercut what the overall story of Pinocchio is? I don't know. You know, whereas 
with the Robert Zemeckis one, I have my doubts as well because of the fact that it's him, him and Hanks come together again. They did Polar Express and Polar Express was a weird one. And, um, this is going to have some CGI stuff to it with Pinocchio and with Jiminy Cricket, but it feels like the, the approach they're taking, cause you didn't see Pinocchio at all in the trailer, the teaser and it, they, they dropped a couple of days ago. I think it, it, so it feels to me like, um, they're focusing on Geppetto, that it's, it's Geppetto's story of mm-hmm. Pinocchio. So it's more through his eyes. Um, uh, so to your point there, where you're worried that I might do a shot for shot, you might still be right that they're doing a shot for shot. But from what I got from the trailer is the possibility here is that it could be Geppetto's telling of the tale of Pinocchio, what he experienced through the whole thing. So for that, hopefully that's a new angle to it that'll make it interesting. But both directors, I'm not a hundred percent like over the moon whenever they're on any project because I've seen a lot of their misses. Yeah. So yeah, like Zemeckis, Welcome to Marwin was horrific, man. So wouldn't see it. Uh, that that stupid trailer played before every movie I saw. <laughs> Not kidding. It just kept seeing it. I was like, who is excited about this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a lot of talent in that film, too. Yeah, there was a ton of talent in that film. <sighs> yeah, yeah. The Pinocchio, I just took it for maybe it was like a Sonic situation where they had an original design and they tested it out with audiences, and audiences were like, what is this? Mm. So they are now reforming. The yeah. character, the visual of the character, and they're just putting out a teaser trailer. Who knows? Although it seems late in the game to be doing that. Yeah. Uh, and with Del Toro, though, I think a movie like this can easily fit within his style. I understand what you're oh, saying yeah. where the, yeah. the eccentricities of his filmmaking mm-hmm, mm-hmm. can be a turnoff for some or yeah. in moments don't ring of truth to you. Yeah. Uh, cause he has a very distinct style. Um, I don't know. In this instance, I think it could really work. Uh, so. Mm. Okay. What do you got at 10? We'll, we'll see. Uh, my 10 is Bullet Train. Um, oh, uh, a slight punt. Oh, okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, so then my number nine is, uh, Avatar 2. That's right. All the way down here. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I liked the teaser trailer. And look, I'm not, the fact that it's all the way down here should tell you that I'm not like crazy excited for it. But of the films that are coming out, after seeing the teaser trailer, now I'm kind of curious to see what world he's created here, to see the special effects, to see the uh characters, to see the new family, all of that that's going on in the – we haven't gotten the storylines yet necessarily, but how is it not going to still be about, you know, colonization and, mm-hmm. um, you know, different planets, the Navi, the humans, you know, all yeah, of that. Capitalism. Yeah, capitalism, the whole nine. So, you know, I, I imagine it's going to focus on that. But hopefully, and what Cameron has promised is – a bunch of new worlds, new species, new cultures, new explorations. So that gives him a much more bigger tableau, so to speak, to uh, create the things he wants to create and uh, flesh out this world even more. So I'm interested. And the fact that we didn't see them as human avatars at all, or humans rather, in the whole uh, trailer makes me very curious to see if we're only going to get occasional scenes with them as humans or we're going to spend a majority of the time with them as Navi. Um, so that makes me very interested. And are they going to create something where the person can absolutely transition into becoming a Navi and leave being a human? That's going to be really curious if they can create something like that. So very, very interested to see, uh, what they're going to get, what we're going to get. And Cameron, you can't bet against Cameron, man. He's so successful all the time. Even when people bet against him, he always seems to always come through in the clutch. So I have a feeling that this film is going to blow a lot of people away. And that trailer broke all kinds of records for views. So 
it is cool to be snarky about this franchise, but clearly hundreds of millions of people are interested to see what they're going to get in Avatar 2. So that's why I put it on my list. Uh, okay. <laughs> put it this way. Yeah. In the years that we've been doing this show, Ooh, oh. how many times has Avatar come up on a list? I don't know. You put it on a list. Zero? I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know, to be honest with you. I can't, I can't imagine. I don't want to be wrong again. I don't want to be wrong again. So I don't know. Go ahead. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. I'm going to set the over under for me personally at (laughs) 0.5 and I'm going to take the under. It was one of those like cultural phenomenon in the moment type of things. And I have not had a conversation about it since other than Mm -hmm. to have a conversation of, man, we never talk about avatar. Remember how big that was? That's the only conversations I've had about avatar since it's not like, Oh, the, this shot was amazing, or I love this character, or whatever. Mm-hmm. None of it. It's uh, it's, I just I saw that trailer. And it's like, okay, they're in water. It, this feels like a fast situation. Are they going to be in space by the twelfth of these, Kent and Jimmy? Like, where's this going eventually? This time we fight with lava. Oh, <laughs> okay. I don't know. It could be great, and yeah. if it is, I'll probably see it. But uh, I have no expectation or hope of this. So. I just hope that they correct the issues from the first one. You know what I'm saying? So we'll see. I mean, Cameron's not really known for like listening to the fans or critics or anything like that. So, but I maybe a little more sensitivity being delivered to the culture, especially now, especially now in 2022, you know, like a little more of an approach there to the culture, a little more of an understanding of the culture, a little less about, you know, we need to save you type thing. You know, it's more of a working in tandem type thing. And so we'll see. Um, for sure. But there were moments of certainly in the movie where they did have wonderful, um, wonderful rituals or whatever that were very culture specific that I thought were cool to see in the film. So hopefully more of that is what we're going to see. Um, but then again, I wouldn't be surprised if it does, it doesn't get that well received. I mean, Cameron's older now, so, you know, we shall see. We shall yeah. see. Um, all right. So then my number eight, um, is Creed three, which is coming out in November. You go for it. Okay. <laughs> uh, now the reason it's lower on my list is because I don't know what to expect here without Stallone, but I'm curious. I'm, I'm anticipating. I'm looking forward to it. Michael B. Jordan is directing it. He's starring in it. Tessa's coming back. Jonathan Majors looks ripped, uh, playing his, uh, nemesis in the movie or antagonist, I guess, in the movie. Um, and so for me, I'm, I'm very, very curious to see how, what we're going to get here. Cause this is that rare franchise that sheds its lead and keeps going forward. And uh, I think the nearest thing I've seen to that recently is Walking Dead, where they, you know, lost Andrew Lincoln, Rick, uh, and then kind of kept going forward. Didn't quite work initially, but seemed to have found their footing over the last few years, according to a number of people who are still watching it. So it's possible. It's just asking a lot of a franchise to remove that specter of Rocky Balboa. That is massive to remove from your franchise so i wonder if it's going to work and if the path they're walking is going to appeal to a lot of people or appeal to a a a smaller segment of the populace i'm very very curious to see so yeah but i'm anticipating it because i want to see what michael b jordan can do with this and i like the first two films yeah i'm assuming that thing's gonna do great at the box office Mm -hmm. but you have no interest. You didn't like any of the Creed films? I didn't see Creed 2. Okay. 
So I don't know why I would go see Creed 3. <laughs> Is there a reason you didn't see Creed 2? Is that your thing? Because I thought 1 was okay. Oh, okay. And I'm in the minority. Everybody loved it, thought it was amazing. It's just like, yeah. it's hard for me to buy into a world where a guy has fought amateur fights in Mexico and yeah. just because his dad was former. So you're telling me that if you'd never heard of Mike Tyson's son and suddenly they're like, Mike Tyson's son is going to be fighting for the heavyweight championship. And you're like, where's he been fighting? It's some bar fights in Mexico. No fucking chance that anybody cares. Well, Rocky was fighting, you know, nobody's at the bottom of a church in Philadelphia and then got a shot at the title. So, I mean, you know, it happened <laughs> at the whole point of the show. If yeah, except, except he was actually fighting in the States professionally, whereas oh. that dude, what do you have, like one or two legitimate fights and then the rest were these under the table. It's a good question. Unsanctioned. I, know, I don't know. I haven't seen it since I originally saw it. I was like, I can't, I can't buy into the this premise yeah but that being said sometimes i'm just looking for an excuse to not buy into so <laughs> i can understand that i do I, i tried a moment to top gun it was yeah didn't, it was so good it didn't matter yeah right you tried yeah. to like kill it you tried to that's right like, it was just like i can't be enjoying that i can't possibly it can't possibly be this good and then you're like i guess it is at one point i was like here we go here we go <laughs> The first bar scene. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When he walks outside, and that's when he turns to look back in. What's transpiring in the bar? I don't want to say any more if you haven't right, seen right, it. Right. And I was like, okay. Yeah. But then all the rest of it was like, it was. it's the best fan service I think I've ever seen. Yeah. It's, it's the most honest. It's They just did it with such a deft touch. Yes. It's he, really impressive. And I'm curious to know how much of the actual dog fighting scenes are real. Yeah. Well, I mean, he, he rode in the F, he wasn't allowed to fly it, obviously, but he was allowed to simulate flying it as a passenger in that F, in the, um, in those, uh, fighter jets. So it looked like it was him doing it, which was oh, great yeah. camera work. I mean, great camera work. So just so cool to see that, uh, overall. And it was, I mean, just phenomenal scenes, man, dude, just great stuff. And the look, like the look, when they're coming in, I think it's five of them or four or five of them, and they're like in that formation, like almost like a wing, and they're coming in over the water. Sweet mm-hmm. Mary Mother of God, that was badass, man. Yeah, it, it did. It handled, and then the mm. Val stuff I thought was oh, absolutely perfect. Just so perfect. Good, man. Yeah. Just enough. Just enough. Just enough. And then the, the lead up to it was perfect. Mm-hmm. Just like. You guys did really doing a great job for a sequel that is 36 years later. I had no expectations other than like, maybe it'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, Agreed. Um, all right. So what's your seven, man? Uh, my seven is nope. Oh, that's a slight punt. A slight punt. Okay. Uh, what's your six? My six is bullet train. Okay. Let's talk about it. Uh, so um, higher on your list, please go ahead. Just a log line alone. Mm. Five assassins aboard a fast-moving bullet train find out their missions have something in common. That's it. And you're like, okay, we got right to the fucking point. It's not this, this, and then this character runs into this, and then they find out that this is happening over here, and then what about him? Right, right. It's like, no, 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 no. Bunch of assassins on a bullet train. Go. You're like, "Eh, sometimes simple is infinitely better. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, what a cast here, Matt, Sandra Bullock, Brad oh, Pitt, yeah. 
Zazie Beats, Aaron Taylor Johnson, Joey King, Logan Lerman, Michael Shannon, uh, Karen Fukuhara, Brian Tyree Henry, Hiroki Sonata, Andrew Koji, Masioka, uh, Bad Bunny. Quite a lot of people are involved in this one, man. Um, and it's directed by David Leach, who, of course, uh, I think worked on the first Deadpool, if I'm not wrong on that, did Hobbs and Shaw and, um, no, second Deadpool, sorry, Hobbs and Shaw and then Atomic Blonde. So I got no complaints with this guy's directing. Two out of three ain't bad. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, and I got to see the first, I don't know, not first, but I think I got to see like 10 minutes of the movies, what they showed us at CinemaCon. And hmm. it was fun. Fun. So it is going to be fun. Um, is it going to be good? I don't know, but certainly fun is what I felt watching it over yeah. the 10 minutes they showed us. So I'm not, yeah, going yeah. I mean, in no way is this thing trying to win an award yeah. or any of the rest of it. This is just a shootouts and fights in a confined space Yeah, yeah. for a hundred to 120 minutes. Yeah. And, uh, it knows that we all should know it going into it and simple premise. Great. I I'm on board. You had me at five assassins. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just easy peasy. Now I'm thinking of, uh, like Snowpiercer and that great fight scene in that, or oh yeah, 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 old boy in that hallway when he's oh, just going. Man. But those tight confined spaces, you can get into some really cool action sequences. Yeah, yeah. and then we could end up with like a uh, uh, Wolverine type of situation where they're on top of the bullet train, holding on for dear life, fighting. Oh, you have There's, to go on top of the train. They have to yeah. exactly. This is the the giddiness of being twelve years old again and going, well, they got to do that. <laughs> so. Just for the action possibilities, this is a sweet spot, uh, yeah. for, for people that like these types of movies. This thing's got a real chance to be en- enjoyable, I think is the proper way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like a, it looks like a blast and it's based on a book, which I kind of want to pick up the book maybe and read it beforehand. Um, but I love that it's Pitt coming in. Pitt, Pitt has the right kind of sensibility for films like this. So it was nice that they got him to be in it, you know, and so he can bring that kind of mixture of humor and also uh badassery uh to his role. So um it looks cool. My only concern is everyone's doing an uh, everyone who's not English is doing an English accent except for Bad Bunny obviously because he's Latino, but um so I'm going to be curious to see if the English accents hold up as I watch the movie and Bright Tyree Henry is doing an English accent, so we shall see. I trust him as an actor, but we shall. Oh, have you finished the, have you watched season three of Atlanta? I haven't watched one episode. No. You haven't watched it yet? Okay. No. I got to get it. I got to watch it, man. I keep holding off on it. Um, Finish Stranger Things. Oh, I haven't even started that, dude. It's too overwhelming. I mean, seven episodes, an hour and a half each. I'm just like, ah. Uh, Honestly, flies yeah. by. Really? And I thought last season was a complete dud. Yeah, last season was a bit of a slog. That's why I was worried. Yeah. This, I, I was upset when I got to seven. I was like, fuck. Now I gotta <laughs> wait a month. I literally, I was banging out two a night. Okay. Pretty wow. easily. Wow. It's, okay. I am shocked I, I enjoyed it as much. There is one, cause they're juggling numerous storylines. Yeah, of course, cause they're all over the place. Yeah. 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 There's one that I think I understand why they did it. I did find myself kind of checking out at certain points during it. Okay. okay. But there's four or five storylines going on. So okay. it's not the end of the world. Okay. And it makes sense once it comes to episode seven, why they did what they did. 
So ultimately it pays off, but it's like, I still, okay. I know where this is going, at least to some degree, or you're kind of hitting the same beats over and over. Right, right. Uh, but yeah, I shocked because right, yeah. I thought two was okay. Three fell off a cliff for me because I was like, how many fucking times can they, this town have this? Uh, I did like the introduction of Steve's new friend. The okay. girl, the, the lesbian, uh, uh, character. Okay. I thought the dynamic between the two of them was fantastic. And then it just flows right into this one. But, uh, yeah, actually. Oh, for You mean Maya Hawk? Yeah. You mean I'm Maya yes. Hawk? Okay. Maya yeah, Hawk. Yeah, yeah. She's great. I loved her last season. Yeah. 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 She was my favorite part of last season. Yeah, I think I would agree with you, bro. I would absolutely agree with you. Uh, okay. All right, I'll spend my Saturday watching this thing. Then. Okay. Surprised. Okay. Yeah, maybe try, don't try and bang out all seven because <laughs> it's probably going to be ten hours. That's, that's ten hours. Lot. That's too much. That's too. Much. Yeah, that's a lot. All right, I'll spread it out over the weekend. Good point. Um. Anyway, all right. So uh, that was your six bullet train. My that was 10. my six. So my seven is the only, I think the only streaming one I have on here, uh, which is the gray man. Cause I just saw the trailer for it last week. That's called a punt. My friend. All right. Fair enough. And then my six is Lightyear. Is that also a punt? Uh, now that was the one fighting with uh, black Adam for 10. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, I, as I said, this, uh, you know, I was really lucky to be at CinemaCon. CinemaCon. They showed us 25 minutes of this, uh, film at CinemaCon. Mm-hmm. It's incredible, man. It's incredible. really, yes. I'm not bullshitting you. It was really, I was like this, why do we need this movie? And I, and initially when it starts, I was like, ah, and then it just crosses some line and it becomes incredible. When you understand what happens here, um, and I don't want to ruin anything, and what leads to him and what happens to him in the movie in the first few uh, minutes of the movie, it really is uh, fantastic. And Evans does an incredible job voicing over this character. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, when it was over, I was like, oh my God, like I want to finish this thing. It was so good. Uh, and the cat is just perfect. Just absolutely. People are going to be buying merchandise of that cat off the shelf immediately when this thing comes out. So yeah, just a fantastic film. So I'm very, very much looking forward to it. It's not my top five because, you know, we've had a lot of these Toy Story films and this is Toy Story adjacent. But it's still um, close to my top five because I am very much looking forward to seeing how the film ends and what they do with what they set up in the first 20 minutes, 25 minutes of the movie. So, yeah, that's what I would say. Yeah. the the I was on the fence ever since they announced what the plot was of mm-hmm. the – it's a movie that the toy is based on. And I was like, right. boy, that seems really convoluted, especially to try and relate it to kids. But at this point, I don't know how many kids are – Sure, they get introduced to Toy Story, but do they have right. the same kind of affinity? Right. Uh, who knows? It's All right, that's that's fine. Uh, knocking Black Adam off the old list, I'll put Lightyear ten. Really? Okay. <laughs> I they, I wrote them down as both, and I was like, I I don't I don't know anything about either. Okay. Uh, and the rocks. It's amazing that it's taken this long. So it's just like, man. Yeah. Could no be shit. the perfect marriage. Oh no shit. Um, all right. Well, on that note, we should take a break, take mm-hmm. a quick break and, uh, we'll start with our top fives. Uh, when we come back, uh, right after some words for our sponsor. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Matt, take it away. Top five. What do you got? All right. At five, I've got Marcel the shell with shoes on <laughs> the Jenny Slate film. I I'm have t- heard t- 
I respect that being on your list. That's awesome. I have heard nothing but amazing things. And I'm not even kidding. Amazing things. Wow. Okay. From people that got to see it a year ago and it's just been sitting on a shelf. They're right. like, do yourself a favor. Go see this. And I love the stupid videos they put out. Oh yeah. They're from right. years ago. It is, a, it's like, it puts a smile on your face. Mm-hmm. And those that I know that have seen it have all said the same thing of you will leave feeling like boundlessly optimistic and happy. Yeah. And you're like, that is everything you would hope for from a character in a movie like that. And the fact that it delivers on it. Yeah. So it's coming. It's one that I think I could talk my wife into and be like, you just want to feel good for 90 minutes. That's all this movie is supposed to deliver. And then some in spades. Let's just go and have a really nice day. Yeah. Uh, compared to like the, a lot of the rest of my list is like uh, espionage or this <laughs> fighting and big explosions. And this is like, I, it's this adorable little shell. Yeah. And she's going on a small little journey and you want nothing more for her uh, than for her to succeed. Mm. Uh, but because of the few people that I know that have seen it, all said the same things. And I've always had a soft spot for that character. It's like, yeah. all right, I'm on board and I know it's coming. Yeah. So I will be seeing this. Yeah. I mean, I love Jenny Slate. I think she's one, she's like one of these like really funny people that hasn't quite blown up, but mm-hmm. people who know her comedy love her comedy. And like you said, the Marcel thing. And I think this happened as kind of a reaction to what happened to her in SNL. She created this character, I think with her husband or then husband or boyfriend. And he directed oh, okay. these, I think. And he directed these. Um, and they became like kind of this like, you know, small success. Um, yeah. and I think there's a book or something like that came out like that. Yeah. Little... That sounds about right. Yeah. And so all this, and then of course she came on as an actress and she's been coming on and doing stuff and popping up and stuff like parks and rec and other films. And she had that rom-com earlier this year that yeah, came she was out in everything time. everywhere all at once. Yeah. She was in everything everywhere, everywhere all at once as well with a, with a funny ass role there. So, uh, and she even dated Chris Evans for God's sakes for a while. So, I mean, she, it's an, she's living in a very, very interesting life. And I love her interviews because she's actually really charming and interesting and funny and different and unique. And so when I saw the trailer for this, which I think came out three weeks ago or something or a month ago, I was immediately charmed, man. Because like you, I've watched those smaller ones that mm-hmm. are really great because her voice is so interesting what she does with it. Um, seeing the trailer, I was just like all emotional. I got emotional watching the trailer. dude. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, if this is the path they're going, I'm in. I'm a thousand percent in. I want to see what's here. So, yeah. It's a great um, choice. So it comes out in a month ish. Yeah, I think so. A month, yeah. And, uh, Oof. yeah, hopefully it's got a decent enough release where it can make some money. Maybe, you know, it could be one of those surprise hits of the year where I don't think it'll be like everything everywhere all at once, mm-hmm. but the budget was so small and they ended up doing, like you say, the budget's a million or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They did 30 or 40. Yeah. It's like, that's great. Let's try and, cause I, I don't know. The, as much as I don't agree with the Scorsese's of the world, I do kind of understand his, uh, uh, sentiment of, is everything just going to be superheroes? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Try and go out and support and get something else out there to, to be a success so we don't just get everything superheroes. Right. That's a fair point. Although I think a lot of studio execs are going to learn from this year is, Multiverses are what audiences love because <laughs> two of the biggest movies of the year so far have been multiverses. So yeah, it's the wrong lesson to learn from them, but 
I agree. I could easily see that being the next three years slate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so then my number five is the punt from earlier with uh, Nope. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to this one because I liked Us and I definitely loved Get Out. So I, this trailer looks fantastic. And um, the, even the extended footage they've shown online makes it very, very interesting. And the fact that he's dealing with UFOs, what is, what, where is he going to go with this? Like it's such a ballsy decision or gutsy decision that could completely blow up in his face, overreaching mm-hmm. a little bit here. But I admire the guts, so I kind of want to see what we're going to get here. Um, and uh, you know, the, the racial illusions are all there. But also this story about a UFO. What does this mean? What is this all about? How is he going to tackle it? Um, just makes me very curious. And Kiki Palmer, um, and, uh, Daniel Kaluuya and, um, uh, Steven Yoon, like so many people involved in this. It's fascinating. Plus, um, Michael Wincott, homie from, um, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves and the Doors and, and the Musketeers. Sure. He's coming in to be a part of this thing. I couldn't believe it. Um, and so I'm very, very curious, uh, about this film and I liked the trailer. And once again, it's it's a Jordan Peele f- film that works really well on the surface. It seems like from the trailer. And then if you want to get the subtext of what he's talking about, it's there for you to pick it up. So I like that about this approach and, um, yeah, that's my two cents on it, man. What do you think? If this was post get out and if mm. you know, this was in the us slot, it'd be higher on my list. Fair enough. But us to me was okay. Okay. Um, I mean, I'll give it credit. I've watched it more than once. So <laughs> it's not like it was abysmal to me, but I, I've watched it going, all right, let me dive deeper into this, uh, yeah. type of situation. So because of that, it's like, it, I am holding out hope that, uh, it's going to be another good one. And it's not like I disliked us. Right. right, uh, right. but you get out think- was just so. Yeah. It, all the hype. Everybody, you got to see it. You got to see it. And then eventually yeah. you're like, fine, I'll go see it. And then upon seeing it, you're like, yeah, you guys are right. It was excellent. Yeah. Um, so I just don't want to build up the expectation level because that's partly what I did for us. Like, well, the last time. Oh yeah. And going into it, it was like, I, it, it didn't meet the expectations I set for it, which is my fault. Um, so nope, I'm trying to like lower my expectations and just come in. Uh, I've seen the trailer, but I try not to watch anything else or if they update the trailer. Right, 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 right. Uh, but yeah, it, you know, Jordan Peele has a strong command and knows yeah. what he wants to do and has a good vision of what he wants to put out, uh, on film. Yeah. So I trust in that and at least he'll be confident. Um, and hopefully it resonates. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, okay. So that's my number five. What's your four? My four is the punt, gray man. Okay. Go ahead, my man. Uh, I mean, Gosling and Chris Evans, CIA, the espionage, like, you got me. Yeah. You got me. And the it's Russos. Fine. And the Russos. Exactly. Just like, okay. All right. Let's go. What else you guys got? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Starting to do the Dave Chappelle, like, man, what else? Uh? <laughs> Inadvertently there. But it, it's just that simple. You're already hitting me on a bunch of metrics that I like. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, you know, uh, 
Evans and Gosling are both charming and engaging individuals. Mm-hmm. So that charm mixed with the action sensibilities of the directors plus the actors. Mm. I think this is going to be a recipe for success personally. Yeah, I mean, uh, the Russos have got a hit or miss outside of the Marvel Universe. And some people were like, what are they hit or miss? I'm like, have you seen Cherry? It's not a good movie. Uh, or 21 Bridges is not a good movie. So um they don't always do well with it. So I'm very curious to see what this is going to be all about because the trailer makes it look fantastic. Um, and apparently they spent a lot of money on this movie. And uh, someone was saying, like, I don't see where the budget is. And I'm like, have you seen... The airplane sequence alone, that, that looks like an incredible amount of budget, let alone all the buildings that they're destroying there on that, as that uh, tram uh, sequence happens. So, and plus you put a, uh, you put a mustache on Chris Evans and make him a villain. I'm down. I'm absolutely down. Exactly. As dumb uh, as that is. Yeah. <laughs> I almost said it uh, a moment ago. Yeah. Uh, he's got a mustache. Yeah. <laughs> That's it works. Yeah, it's it like Cavill, putting on the mustache Cavill did in Mission Impossible, um, Fallout. It worked, didn't it? Yeah, turn the villain uh, hero into a villain. So I'm down. Plus, I think he enjoys playing villains now and having fun with it. Certainly in Knives Out and uh, in previous stuff, like in uh, Scott Pilgrim, he has an instinct to play it in a fun way. So I like that. So I'm very curious uh, what we're going to get in this. But the action sequences look fantastic. The story looks interesting. Um, and a lot of the dialogue that I saw in the trailer has me very curious. So, yeah, I'm down, dude. I'm absolutely down for this one. It'll yeah. come out soon too uh, on Netflix. Uh, yeah, the, well, it's about a month. Isn't yeah, in yeah, June, probably. beginning of July, somewhere in that ballpark. Very, very curious. Um, um yeah, I tried to limit the streaming as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, this one, it's more than likely going to be one of Netflix's last vanity projects, according oh, yeah. to. Oh uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, in what world the uh, Irishman is everybody was pointing out. How was that a vanity project? Yeah, it is not. It's not. Spielberg has a vanity project this year on some level. Right, right. Uh didn't make my list spoilers. <laughs> um okay, so then my number four is uh Elvis, the Bos Lerman film. Go right ahead. Oh dude, dude. This so, I'm not am I gonna be seeing it? Yes. Yeah, am I excited about that? <laughs> Not really. Not really. If it was going to make my list, it'd be 10. He's going to drag you like Vader dragged that woman. Um, I, I, for me. Dude, uh, spoilers. <laughs> for me. I absolutely loved the first two trailers so far, and we got to see 15 minutes of it at CinemaCon, and it is a completely new way to approach the Elvis story, and you'd expect no less from Boz Lerman, who does some incredible movies. So mm-hmm. I'm fascinated by this and Austin Butler. And it got what a 12 minute standing ovation at con. And you know, Jeff Snyder loves to say that those ovations mean nothing. I respect that, but still it's cool to get your fa- your film received in that way. Cause I mean, who was clamoring for an Elvis biopic who was clamoring to have Baz Luhrmann do an Elvis biopic, but somehow the combination of those two seems to have worked. And from the trailers, it looks pretty awesome. Now, Tom Hanks's accent and the, the fat suit or whatever they're putting him in. Am I a fan of that? No, but I'm hoping that this is a focus on Austin Butler as Elvis. And Baz Luhrmann said in the interview there, when he did, uh, when he presented the footage, he said, I am not telling the Elvis story only. I'm telling the, con- the story of America through those decades, 
through the experience of Elvis Presley. So that's fascinating that he's going to make a commentary about our country and the, the progression from the 50s, 60s into the 70s when he passes away. So I'm fascinated by that and very curious to see that. And I wonder if they'll address, you know, the complaints about Elvis, quote unquote, stealing black music or stealing music from black entertainers for his own benefit. Um, so I hope they address that in some way, shape or form. So I'm very, very interested in this. Um, and nothing I've seen from it makes me not want to see it. So that's why it's high up on my list. Cause I'm a huge Elvis fan. Huge. I'm not a Catherine having stuff all over my house, but I am a huge fan of Elvis. So I want this film to be good. Cause I haven't seen a good Elvis biopic since Kurt Russell's Elvis from the 1970s, which with, which John Carpenter directed. Um, and I loved Bubba Hotep, but that's no Elvis biopic. Yeah, it's not an Elvis. Yeah. So, so yeah. So I haven't seen anything since that time. And so I'm very curious to see if this is good or not. Still, though, your describing of what Baz intends to do this sounds like a recipe for failure because it's already tough enough to encapsulate the life of Elvis Presley. It is. Unless you're going to do a snapshot, but they're spanning multiple decades. And on top of that, it's a discussion of the ever-changing social morals mm. of the country as a whole. Yeah. That's a, that's a lot on your plate there, Baz. It is. It is. I'm curious if he's going to be able to get it right or not. So, but I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> is curious the right word there? It's curious. I am, I am because it costs me nothing. I'm going to go see it. So I'm going to be, you know, it's true. Curious. It's true. Yeah, you know. I, I would be dumbfounded, <laughs> awestruck <laughs> if he is able to pull that off. And I'm, look, I hope the movie's good because I got to go fucking see it. Yeah, you do. <laughs> so I'm hoping it's really good and I get to eat these words and I'm the biggest fan of it. I'm, genuinely, I would rather. Yeah. That then it sucks and be like, well, I was right. And be like, all right, soggy diaper. Yeah. Right. Yeah, or like, a slog or something. Yeah. Good for you being an asshole. Great. <laughs> Confirmed you're a prick. Uh, so I'd rather be good, but that's the boy. He's biting off a lot there. Yes. He is. Well, I appreciate it. I mean, you know, we gotta have got some, yeah, yeah. Gotta have, you know, you know, your, your reach mm-hmm. should exceed your grasp. Yes. You should always be reaching for the stars, but, uh, <laughs> case of case I'm over here. All right. Well, that's not a case of line, but all right. Yeah, it is. He says it at the end of the top 40 all the time. It reach for the stars. Well, okay. I thought you might yeah. the reach exceeding your grasp. No, 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 no. The reach for the stars. Always keep reaching for the stars. That's how you end it to every top 40. <laughs> that's great. That's, that's a reference for anybody who is. 37 and older. May I introduce you to our audience, Matt? Gaysom <laughs> <laughs> uh, was on his way out when I was a kid. <laughs> uh, he was still there, though. But, he was. Uh, he was. Oh, shit. Uh, Shadow Stevens was really on oh, his corner. Oh, shit. Shadow Stevens. Yep. Dude, I haven't heard that name in years. Exactly. That's because once people stop giving a shit about radio DJs, Shadow Stevens star dimmed quickly. Secrets is the closest thing we've had to case him since. Yeah. Yeah. He's the only thing that's even remotely equivalent in the modern age. Yeah. (laughs) Casey Kasem producing the Kardashians. That's hilarious. Kim. Do this. I had no idea. Seacrest is the producer of that? Oh yeah, dude. Are you kidding? He does uh he produces a lot of this Good shit, the reality shit, man. Good for him. I guess. Yeah, it makes people enjoy it. Yeah, it's good for his bank account, but I was yeah, thinking corroded society with the, their fucking shows, those shows. 
myself personally. Uh, it's a reflection of what the audience wants. So <laughs> is it the show's fault or is it the audience's? I say both. Yeah, of course. Yeah. That way it's fair. I want to be fair here. Um, all right. Where are we up to? Where are we up to? Your three? Uh, yeah, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Cause we did okay. your four. Yeah. So, uh, my three is, uh, the new David O. Russell Amsterdam. Oh, nice. Good choice. Go ahead. Go ahead, man. So it's David O. Russell. You know, you're more than likely going to get minimum a good film. Yeah. Chance of a great film. Okay. Um, so boom, right there. Okay. He's got some of his favorites coming back. This is a great pitch. This is an absolute great pitch. Well, you got Christian Bale and De Niro are coming back for this. True, true. Then you got Margot Robbie, Anya Taylor-Joy, John David Washington, Rami Malek, Mike Myers. Yeah. And set in the 30s, it follows three friends who witness a murder, become suspects themselves, and uncover one of the most outrageous plots in American history. Don't you bury the lead. Taylor Swift's in this movie, man. Don't you bear the lead. You know you're going to see Taylor's acting chops. Dude, I'm a Swifty. Through Talk and through. about fighting in Mexico and thinking you can take on the champ. Talk about- okay, what's the, her role is going to be three lines. That's it. It's not you, like, hope, hey. you hope it's going to be three lines. Oh. Pretty sure when you have a cast this large. Yeah, it's pretty big. You're right. It is a huge, huge cast. Chris Rock, Alessandro Nivola, Andrea Riesborough, Michael Shannon, Timothy Oliphant. It's a big cast. So most of these are going to have, it's more than likely going to be, you know, Margot Robbie, John David Washington, and Christian Bale. Yeah. Uh, that would be my guess. Those are the three we're going to focus on. Then other people come in and out depending on what storyline they're a part of. Yeah. 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 Uh, but then you got David Russell, oh, Russell period piece, which can get a little dicey with him. I, I didn't like American hustle. Really? Oh, I like that. I, I didn't hate it, but okay. when it was up for Oscars and all that, I was like, this seems like a stretch to me. <laughs> you guys are pushing now. Uh, a little bit. I, I think you're getting this because you, you are, you get this because you get this. Right, right, right. And it was that situation. You know, Jennifer Lawrence gets, uh, nominated because at that point, Jennifer Lawrence got dominated. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know for if I buy her. Right. For everything she was in. Yeah. yeah and the same for Christian Bale and for De Niro and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, yeah. Are you some of the best? Undoubtedly. But right. still, though, I just reading all that and be like, you got me. I'm in. <laughs> I don't really want to know more than that. You got an excellent yeah. cast. There's no reason all these people would sign on to do it unless they like the script and saw potentially what the vision could be. It's a good point. That's so, good point. yeah, yeah. I'm in. Okay. Okay. It's not on your list though. Has there been, no, it's not. Has there been a trailer for that one? I don't nope, know. Not that I know of. Okay. And I did not search one out because I don't give a shit. <laughs> no, there isn't. There hasn't been a trailer. I thought there was a trailer, but no, there's just been photos and, um, yeah, because I know Snyder's looking forward to this one as well. Amsterdam. He's been talking about it a lot. Um, but David O. Russell's hit or miss, man. You know. He is, but then you look at this cast and you're like, okay. Yeah. I think you got a chance here. You got a real chance to make something. It's know. crazy. He hasn't done a film since Joy, which is 2015. Seven years ago, man. Oof. 
Yeah, six. So, because uh, listen, uh, spanking the monkey. I always forget that's him. Oh, God, I remember that film being a big deal because he's kind of his mom seduces him or whatever. Mm-hmm. Florida with disaster was good. I like that. Three Kings was good. I Heart Huckabee's was a chore to get through. The Fighter was good. Silver Linings Play was good. American Hustle. All right, maybe I should be a little more. When he works, like I think Three Kings is really good. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And the fighter, Christian Bale, is nothing short of amazing. Yeah. In that, uh, he outshines everybody, but I also think that's partly the part itself. Yes. Um, Silver Linings Playbook is, I didn't want to enjoy going into it. Thought mm-hmm. it was great. Yeah. Uh, American Hustles, eh. Yeah. Uh, but you still, you've got a few in there. You're like, all right, I trust you. <laughs> He also directed something called Accidental Love with Jessica Biel. What's that all about? Weird. Oh, I don't know that one. Yeah, I don't know that one either. It's He's listed as Stephen Green, but they had to give him credit as David O. Russell. So weird. Um, I, And I didn't see Joy. Uh, I, I, it got nice reviews, and I think she got nominated or was suggested to be nominated. So I don't I'm know. Pretty sure she was in the mix. Yeah. yeah. Don't know if she got nominated or not. I haven't seen it, though. Um, okay. So that, what number is that? That was my three. Okay. So let's see. My three is Black Panther 2. Wakanda, Wakanda forever. Yeah. What do you have? I don't have it. You don't. <laughs> hey, we're making a movie and oh. unfortunately the very best part of the original movie has passed away. Wow. Okay. Wow. Well. I am not, I am waiting to hear how you guys do before I am signing off. Oh, I, fair enough. So you're waiting for the reviews on this one. Okay. Chadwick Boseman's not in it. That's why I'm waiting. (laughs) Yeah, but like, it's not like they had a bad cast. I don't give a shit. They didn't lead the first one. (laughs) They weren't the reason I showed up to the theater the first time. So I'll be damned if, if it was, honestly, if they pivoted and focused on, um, God, what is the, the bald woman's name? Yeah. The, oh, uh, plays his head of security. Yeah. Denai Guerrero. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, Koye, I think. Yeah. Her or Duke. Yeah. What's uh, the Duke? Yeah. Either of those two, but Rock. if it's going to focus on the sister, I will, I thought, she, I said, fine. You should write. Yeah. 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 Okay. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm curious. That's why it's up on my, high up on my list. And a number of people have come out and said that it's incredible, uh, who have, who have worked on it or watched, who have watched early screenings of it. Um, I think if I remember correctly, I had a conversation with somebody at Star Wars Celebration this past weekend, a friend of mine, who says through his contacts that there is a four hour cut or four and a half hour cut of the film and people were just blown away by it. And so that is, gets me curious. It gets me interested. <laughs> Letitia Wright came out today or yesterday and said that this is a, an incredible, um, homage that respects Chadwick Boseman, um, as the Black Panther in this film. And so I'm very, and plus they're going into, they're having Namor in the film as the main kind of villain or antagonist. And they've changed his origin story to be more Mayan. So it's Mexican kind of connected to the Latino situation there. Um, so I'm very interested in to, to seeing if all the pieces work. And as you said, Matt, if they make it work without the main reason the first one worked, 
that'll be an even greater achievement, I feel like. Oh yeah. Overall. So I am hoping it's good because there's, it's been plagued by a lot of issues. Uh, you know, the rumors about the anti-vax stuff, the scripts being rewritten, you know, uh, things of that nature. So certainly Ryan Coogler, it's a, maybe one of the gr- toughest tests of his career to constantly be changing things around and moving things around because of outside situations and and stuff he didn't know about. Like according to him, didn't know about uh, um, Chadwick's cancer until late later. So very curious. So I'm, I'm my, we say anticipated. I'm very, I'm in anticipation of this film Mm -hmm. and hoping that it's great uh, because I want to love it and I want to keep this, not care. What was the, yeah, this character is still going in the MCU in some way. And I'm very, very interested to see how they make it, who they decide to give the Black Panther mantle to. So that's what I would say on that. Yeah. I'm just, uh, okay. Eagerly. I, I am anticipating as well to see how they pull this off. But when you have you said someone saw a four and a half hour cut and they were blown yeah. away, you easily could have finished the sentence with, with how much money that Marvel spent on this because it looks like a train wreck. Like, who knows? I don't know how that sentence ends. Four and a half hour cut. That sounds like you guys have shot way too much. And you don't have an idea of what this movie is. That's a, that's a possible point of view to take on it. I could totally understand that. Yeah. I don't, it's, it's hard to be on the outside and hearing information third, fourth, fifth hand. Right. And make heads or tails of any of it. Like I'm not rooting for its failure. I I know that. But, uh, the best part of the first one is unfortunately no longer with us. So, so. Yeah. yeah, I'm not, you know, fingers crossed, guys. Fingers crossed. Marvel has a good track record, but they do. I don't know. Um, all right. So what's your, what's your two? Uh, my deuce is Babylon. Oh, nice. Go ahead, man. Um, so Damien Chazelle's new one, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's about Hollywood's transition from silent movies to talkies. Yeah. And you got Margot Robbie, Brad Pitt, and Tobey Maguire. A lot of people. Yeah, yeah, and the cast keeps going from there, but those are the three that I wrote down. Yeah. I like Chazelle. I think that the period will fit nicely within his style. Okay. And I think he's got an already an excellent cast. Plus, this could be part of the... uh uh, Toby Maguire reson- uh, renaissance here. Okay. Toby Sons. Okay. Little, there we go. I was going to do Maguire Sons and I was like, that sounds terrible. Uh, like he, maybe we start seeing him a little bit more. No, it's possible. Very possible. It's entirely possible. But yeah. I just think Brad Pitt can easily do these throwback to a bygone age of Hollywood and then Margot Robbie, I think it could as well. Mm. And couple that with Giselle and be like, you got me. I'm intrigued. My guess is is going to be an Oscar front runner. Oh, uh, yeah, it's possible. Yeah, well, of course, because it's about the industry. I could totally see that. Yep. That's a great point. Industry, period, piece, Giselle, yeah. these the two actors that are going to be the main two leads, as far as I know, right. and Margot and Brad Pitt. It's like it's got all the recipe for being potential Oscar winner. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point. Yeah, I don't know much about it, so I, I didn't even um, – I don't even have it on my, cause I haven't seen the trailer for it and I haven't nope. seen anything about much about it. So I'm not anticipating it because I don't know much about it, but I love Chazelle as a filmmaker. I'm one of these people who, def- well, yes, yes. I love Chazelle as a filmmaker. 
I'm one of these people that defends the first man. Um, especially because I didn't like La La Land and a lot of people did. And there's a lot to not like about that movie, mm-hmm. but there's so many of those people who love that movie bashed first man. And I just didn't understand that. So I think that's a greater achievement than La La Land. Um, but I like him as a filmmaker because I love what I still go back and watch whiplash or the last 30, 20 minutes of whiplash. Yeah. Cause that fucking scene is fucking fantastic. And so, um, I'm very interested to see if this is going to be one of like, is it Hail Caesar or is it going to be something a little deeper, a little stronger? Cause that's an unusual cast, man. I mean, Eric Roberts is in this cast, Lucas Haas. Um, but then, then the eccentricity always make it seem better. Maybe, or it could be an absolute train wreck, dude. I don't it, know. So totally, you know, that's, so that's what's interesting, you know, but I do like the, you know, who be is in the arts? cast, man. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that one threw me because, uh, episode yeah. one. Yeah. Yes. I'm glad we're on the same page on that one. Yeah. Dude, yeah. watching them run around in the forest was one of the most painful things I've ever seen. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. That was like play acting at its worst. Yes. That's when, when people talk about them Disney-fying stuff, that scene is exactly what people mean. Oh. That's, that's why it was like rough to watch. Yeah, there's been a lot to enjoy, but that was like, after those first two episodes, it's like, I'm going to give it more time, even though there's only going to be a handful of these, but yeah. I'm going to give it more time. It's just like, okay, well, episode three was good. Yeah. But uh, yeah, when they were running around the forest, it looks so pathetic. Like how it's, it's what you do when you play with a child, when you're like, I'm going to get you and you... <laughs> Like slowly clamber over things because they're a fucking child and they're like, ah, ah, and they yeah. run the other way when you easily could have gotten them 27 times before then. Yeah. It's like, okay. The worst is when they show those two other guys out of breath as if she's been eluding them for like 10, 15 minutes. It's- yeah. With her tiny little legs. And then when she said she was 10, I thought she was like seven. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just how, how little she is. She's so tiny. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. She's pretty small. But the last um, episode, she's fucking great in the last episode. Yeah, I think it was her best. Yeah. Uh, by far. Yeah. Um, okay. So that was your two. So then my two is, uh, your punt from earlier from number 10, Black Adam. I, uh, I mean, I'm a rock fan. I want, I'm anticipating this film because everything I've seen from it looks cool, looks f- interesting, looks fun. Um, and, um, looks challenging to the rock. And I'm very, I'm wondering how they're going to make it work in this new DCU universe that they're, that they're making here. And if it's going to work, if it's going to check the boxes I need it to. And if it's, or if it's going to be just like, you know, everyone's covering up for the rock and his occasional limits as an actor in certain ways. I'm very curious because you've got an inc- incredible cast and you've got, you know, Pierce Brosnan leading the way as Dr. Fate. Very, very curious to see how, what his role is going to be in the film. So everything I've seen so far looks interesting as an anti-hero story. So I wonder how, um, it's all going to end up being. So I'm anticipating it because I love the rock and we've been waiting years for him to do this. And he keeps saying that he's been a fan of this character since he was a kid. So. That gives me a little more interest to see what, how it's going to come, end up being when it comes out. So there you go. That's my feelings on it. 
it's it's weird that he hasn't been a superhero before this. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, well, it's yeah. just he's he has the physique of a superhero. Yeah, and a larger than life personality that it just seems strange that we're just now getting it. Yeah. So that it made my list because I either that's a really good sign or it's a really terrible sign. Right. And I don't know, but I am intrigued. But it got bumped off for Lightyear. So Lightyear is now my 10. (laughs) Oh, that's right. That's right. Lightyear is now your 10. My apologies. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot here. I mean, the just, they're going to introduce the Justice Society of America. So how is that going to come across? Hawkman looks pretty badass with those wings. Aldous Hodge playing him. So. So much to enjoy here in terms of the cast and the characters that they're bringing into this that I'm just interested. I just want to see how they make it all work. And do we get any of the other MCU people? Do, do we get a Shazam appearance? Do we get a Superman appearance or a Batman appearance or a Wonder Woman appearance? Like, well, how are they going to connect this up? So there's a lot that I'm very curious about to see here. With well, the Superman, they'd have to announce who are the fuck's going to be Superman. Yeah, well, Toby Emmerich stepping down from uh WB with Zaslav taking over the last few weeks. Uh, I mean, that was announced yesterday that Emmerich is stepping down. That might open the path again to Cavill coming back as Superman um, if, Z- if Zaslav thinks it's the right move. So everything's in flux now at WB again. Because he went after J.J. Abrams. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good Shocking. point, Max. Yeah, very good point. DC is unstable and has no clear <laughs> idea of their future. <sighs> the Break, devil, you say. Breaking news at 11. <laughs> yeah. And DC announces they're going to have another standalone Batman movie. Shocking. <laughs> or another Joker movie. Uh, One more attempt at the Suicide Squad. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> Wish him nothing but luck, but dear God. Yeah, yeah. So a lot's in play here, so we shall see. Um, all right, what's your one, man? Uh, my one is Thor, Love and Thunder. Damn right it is. Damn right it is. Mine as well. Oh, the, the newest trailer. Oh, my God. Haven't seen it, don't want to see what? it. What? Someone, someone tweeted it at me, and I was like, how fucking dare you? <laughs> I saw the original, and it was hard to escape during all the basketball playoffs. Oh, sure, and yeah. And sure. going to be, yeah, the new trailer is going to be hard to escape in the finals. Oh yeah. Uh, but I have just been hitting mute and looking, turning, averting my gaze <laughs> legitimately. That is what I've been doing. I don't want to see it. I want to go in with as fresh as eyes as humanly possible. That's fair. I can respect that. Thor Ragnarok is, I think pitch perfect. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. So, so how do I talk about this without mentioning anything? Okay. So, Here's what I'll say. Uh, I really enjoyed both trailers, which has upped my anticipation to the highest level. Um, I love the Taika's coming back. Mm-hmm. Love that you're introducing Natalie Portman and that whole storyline from the comics and how that all works. Um, we're seeing more with Tessa as Valkyrie, so I love that. The Russell Crowe scenes have been hilarious so far. Yeah, don't- uh, visually, dude, visually, the film has knocked me on my ass. Um because it's like a Frank Frazetta um old Conan drawing come to life. And I love that. Yeah, but come to life with a smirk on its face. And I love that approach. The eighties metal approach, hair metal approach is everything. Um and I, I'm just so curious. And the jokes in the trailers have been hilarious. So all of it just works so well. And you've got a Thor who is contemplative. 
and reflective. And that's a great next step in the journey that we've seen him in from the first Thor movie all the way through uh, all the MCU films to now. So, so yeah. much of this looks, if they get it right, this is going to make money hand over fist, man. Just so much money, dude. If they get, well, I just think like between the two of them with yeah. Hemsworth and Taika, yeah, they have such a strong handle on where this character is. So much so that the Russo brothers, you know, brought Taika in and had yeah. a confab with him and Chris. It'd be like, you guys have updated and grown this character to a degree that we really need to reflect that in how we portray him. Right. Right. right because right. they have put their stamp on him, uh, so definitively. Yeah. And he's probably the MC, uh, you character that's had the most growth and maturation over the course of these movies. I think I would agree with you, man. Absolutely. Yeah. From where he he's started changed and developed. Yeah. Um, with added depth and layers. It's also nice that they have the Loki character so you can explore. Yeah. Right. Uh, a plumb more depth than you can with other characters. But, uh, yeah, I, I, unless this thing is dog shit, <laughs> A, it's going to make a lot of money and B, I will be seeing it. I'll be seeing it in the theater regardless. Yeah. 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 Um, this one's bulletproof to me just in that I know I'm seeing it even if everybody says they hate it. Yeah. Fair point. Fair point. Um, okay. Well, there you go. That's our 10 most anticipated films of 2022 yet to come. Uh, we're going to put this list together and count it down, and then we'll do some shout-outs, and we'll get on out of here. I'm going to grab the bongos, man. All righty. All right. Nice. A little rosin up the bow. All right, so Thor, okay. Love, and Thunder would be number one. Yeah. Boy, at this point, I think the Gray Man at 4-6. Wow. Would be two. Okay. Nope. It's not, it doesn't, because of five and whatever's lower on your Seven. list. Seven. All right. Black Adam no longer made your list. You don't have Black Panther two and Elvis isn't on your list. Okay. Fascinating. All right. Yeah. It's going to be, I'd say the, nope, then bullet train. Okay. Um, the gray man is on there already. Gray man is two. Right. So, oh, so those are all the common ones, the ones we have in common. Yeah, where it's got some, we also have Lightyear, which now is my 10 and your six. Do you want to hold off on that one? Where are we at right now? We've got one through four done. Yeah, let's hold off on that one. Okay. Um, I have Black Adam at two. Do you have your two? Uh, I have Babylon. Right, here we go. Babylon. All right, here we go. <laughs> Babylon. Yes. <laughs> Uh, some coin flipping here, son. I mean, do you really believe that The Rock has been a fan of Black Adam since he was a kid? I'm yes. calling bullshit. I'm calling oh, bullshit. Oh, my gosh. How dare you accuse The Rock of lying. <laughs> All right, so Black Adam makes it. See? hey I'll not have your slander about uh, The Rock. How dare you? Uh, it's just one of those things of it's what you say. <laughs> it's like all the... the you know, what you said about the Wakanda forever. Yeah. They're saying all the right things, but it's all meaningless. <laughs> it is. It's like when you ask a player, uh-huh. uh, a, a ball player, like, Oh, how'd you do tonight? Oh, uh, you know, we just, uh, team came together and, uh, resiliency, you know, they had us in the first half and the second half. We, uh, you know, blah, 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 blah. And she's like, okay, it's all meaningless. It's what you're supposed to say. Okay. Fair enough. I, I think it is. 
Do you want to do light year at seven? Yeah, sure. Light year at seven works. Okay. We have three spots left, eight, nine, and ten. Um, I have my three. Okay. Uh, I have my three, which is Black Panther 2. Okay. If you want to go against the wishes of a man who's passed away, go ahead. Feel free. Oh, did, did Chadwick say, hey, Matt, I'd like you to put this on your list of most anticipated? If he did, I would. Well, Chadwick didn't say that, but I think a number of people feel this way about it. But all right. I, you know, I <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. It's very Trumpian. A lot of people are saying it. That's what I've heard across the board. Yeah, look, it's a John Roca type of day. Hey, so. gotta love it. Gotta love it. On to forever. <laughs> and Amsterdam. Uh, and then I have my five. Okay. Well, how many do we have left? There's one left. Ooh, the battle, the battle, the battle. Um, no, you take it because, uh, my, my, well, my four is left. Elvis. Oh shit. Does it make the list? Elvis makes the list. Elvis makes the list. There you go. There it is. Wise men see. All right, let's count it down. The top ten most is the top ten most anticipated movies for the rest of the year. Yeah. At number ten. Elvis. At number nine. Amsterdam. At number eight. Wakanda Forever. At number seven. Lightyear. At number six. Babylon. At number five. Black Adam. At number four. Bullet Train. At number three. Nope. At number two. The Gray Man. And our number one most anticipated movie of the year is... Thor Love and Thunder. Yeah! Nice. Good list there. Uh, all right, Matt, are we heading over to the shout-outs? We are going to do the shout-outs. This is what we do for our patrons at the $5 and above level over at patreon.com forward slash the top 10 with the number 10. And uh, it's our way of saying thanks for supporting us each and every month. So we give you a little shout-out at the end of the show. And here we go. Uh, go ahead and start us off. All right, Steve Smith. Drew Gorziski. Fraser Jubb. Jason McDonald. Roby. That's it. Pele Cole. Eric Taylor. Deepak Maurer. David Steven. Steven. And Andrew Robinson. Francisco Ramirez. Michael Bauer. Colton Thompson. Heinrich, or pardon me, Henrik Winterland. Callie Onkin. Lachlan Skinner. Charles Kim. Joseph Curran. Fred Castillo. Charles J. Clark. Yeah, Charles. Zachariah Kaufman. Jeff Dickin. Francisco J. Torres. Connor Teal. Michael D. Dyke. Tim Reimert. Dominic Greaves. Eric Bruin. Matt Simmons. Jeremy Bowers. James Petty. Nick Francis. Christopher Brockman. Blake Gaunt. Cameron Chapman. Alex Russell. Paul Cree. Stacy Flores. Luke Allison. Kristen Kurtz. Gareth Weldon. Timothy R. Williams. Nick Baldwin. Matthew Kearns. Chaney Taylor. Ahmad Ali. Darren Bush. Angela Dashner. Drake uh, Fromsdorf. Josh Lawrence. Chelsea Lewis. Adelardo Fuente. Reagan Lovig. Rodrigo Valverde III. Andre Constantinescu. Steve Schluckebeyer. Catherine Samuels. Houston Bodley. Roque Orellana. Maurice Robinson. Brandon Caridi. Marlon AZ Badfish. 
What's up, Marlon? Ravi Prasad. Joe Fairley. Ben Cartwright. Josh Murphy. Michael Oricar. Josh Sachs. George Menchaca. Dale Varley. Wayne Murphy. Ashley Prowls. Johannes Schmidt. Sam Fernando. Uh, Kevin Fuss. Ryan McKenna. Brian Akins. Alexander Marzonia. Garth Wisenant. Mike Barrington. Uh, Noel Kelleher. Jim Payne. David Mitchell Baker. Andy Ortiz. John Keefe. Kristen Smith. Matthew Lee Cravens. Marcel Behrman. James Trapani. Drew Enns. Dan Nye. Matthew Hasso. Seth Shearer. Andrew Marker. Chris Jones. Luke Larson. Chris Cabrera. Robert Haley. And Anthony Castle-Nova. Hello. All right. That is everybody. There are your shout-outs for the month and our eternal thanks for supporting the show. Absolutely. And uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at Top10Show or on Instagram and YouTube. It is forward slash the Top10 Podcast with the number 10. So please hit us up. You can follow me anywhere at Matt Nost and uh, check out Settle the Score or drop in dimes if you want some NBA action. And that is it for me this week. And you can follow me at the Roca says on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, the Outlaw Nation on Twitch, my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash John Roca says, and my other podcasts, the Cinephiles and the Geek Buddies. Um, and yeah, uh, thank you all so much for joining us and uh, have yourselves an excellent week. And we'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode of the Top 10 Show. Peace. Ooh.